What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your boy, Monster D Face, bringing you guys another one this week. We're picking things up with Fortnite as we are starting to lead into the FNCS competitive season, now renamed as Majors throughout the year. So 2023 has a whole lot of new stuff coming at you, and it's all going to kick off with, of course, some of the new game changes that have been dropped into the world as we start gearing up for the competitive weekend. But before we get there, we want to thank you guys for, of course, listening, downloading, checking in, and tuning in with us, leaving reviews and comments and all that good stuff on our podcast chain, no matter where you tune in from. We thank you. We love it. We appreciate it. So let's go ahead and kick things off with our host or co-host here. We got Life with Panda and SBG back on the horns. What's up, Panda? Hey, man. Good to be here. Good to be here. Real quick shout out to Monster. If you don't know at home, it's his birthday as we celebrate Crap. here on February 1st. I'm full <laughs> yeah. exposing him. I'm not letting him get away with it. So happy birthday to the big man Thank himself. You. SBG, man, how's, how's your week been? I've um, been doing well. Been grinding, you know, feeling better. Get to hang out with this 68-year-old man and you, Pandas. Be oh, a fun one today. <laughs> oh, but let's get to it, boys. Yeah, I'm turning 21 for the ninth time today, guys. Big 30. Ooh. Let's go. Uh, it's good vibes, man. Good vibes. Been working all day, and then here we are recording on the birthday. Can you tell I love Fortnite? Let's uh, let's get into it though. And again, another thank you, thank you again. We have a we have a fair amount of things to start to cover here. There's this whole idea of augments being added into Fortnite, which have which have completely changed the dynamic of the game, the way augments have been adjusted, and of course added added this entire new element to the way Fortnite has been played. And it continues to be explored and expanded upon. The augment system in particular, if you guys haven't maybe picked up Fortnite in a while, kind of functions as a perk system. You, at some point, at certain minutes within the game, get the ability to choose what augment that gets presented to you. And of course, you have the ability to roll it to pick maybe another option. With that, we have some busted ones. We've seen some where you break bills and grenades start to fall on the floor. We've seen some where you pick it and you see the storm indefinitely. But that, of course, had to have an adjustment, which did already happen. So let's start diving into, I want to begin with the new augments. I think that's kind of the most exciting part, right? New is fun. Panda, I'll begin with you maybe. Tell me, tell me something new that's been invited to the Fortnite world. Yeah, well, as of yesterday, Tuesday's update, the final day of January, we were hit with five new augments going into the FNCS Major One Weekend kind of qualifier. So the first one is the Rift Jector Seat. Now, this one isn't in competitive play, so we won't be seeing this in action in FNCS this weekend. However, it has potential to transition, just like anything else does, into the comp playlist. Now, the way that this augment works is anytime your shield breaks, you'll end up rifting into the sky after a short delay. So it is a great way to escape a fight if you're starting to lose it, whatever the case may be. I can see pros and cons to this. It kind of reminds me of like the party time with the balloons, like times, like especially in games, that might be useful. It's definitely going to be kind of odd. Next one, though, is the Shadow Striker Augment, SVG. I know you're hyped about this one. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, basically like the Chug Splash one, Splash Medic, I believe is the actual term. When you open stuff up, anything, you're going to occasionally get some Shadow Bombs. So we're going to see some Shadow Bombs back in Fortnite. With all the current movement on the map, we got launch pads. We have a couple other movement items and obviously the Shockwave Hammers and Impulses. 
I don't really know that shadow bombs are worth holding. I'm sure we'll see them if you can't get anything else. But, you know, if I'm choosing between a shadow bomb or a shockwave hammer, there's no real choice there. You're taking a shockwave hammer all day. Uh, but those are kind of the the biggest additions that you threw out there. The other one, icy slide, you get basically ice on your feet when you slide down. And then there was a, a couple of augments reintroduced. Because they were bugged, taken out, and then fixed in the last patch. So we got Party Time, the Balloon one. We have the Shotgun Striker, which when you shoot someone with your shotgun, deal damage to them. Hopefully it's just opponents this time. You get some Siphon back. And then Aerialist is returning as well. That's where you can pull your glider at all times. So those three back in action. Yeah, and, and quick to add to that, there was one other new augment that I think might have the most impact in competitive play. That's going to be the Mythic Munition. Now, this bad boy, if you get it, drops you a Mythic Pistol. And I got to watch this last night in the Collegiate Cup play out. And boy, does this thing hit. So I definitely see it being a pretty big factor in these games coming up. You have that increased fire rate of an AR. It does 29 damage per shot. Like, it is a serious, serious weapon to have in your inventory going into this whole major one of FNCS. So and, and then to see how that plays out. And then there's a world where augments synergizes one another. I mean, you have the ones that kind of affect the light ammunition bullets, whether that's reloading faster or giving you a larger magazine, which I believe pistol these, amp. yeah, pistol amp, like these can start to compound and basically turn your pistol or your tactical pistol into just an extraordinarily great weapon. Now you add the mythic rarity to that. And yeah, we're talking a very strong item and something that can be absolutely utilized and then of course want to touch on the shadow bombs being reintroduced to the game i think it's going to make a big difference because remember if you pick up this augment just like the chug splash one um you could just go through kind of old pois and you will find the leftover remnants of players that kind of had those augments which is again going to start to affect the way people start to loot and kind of gear people up as we start leaning into those end games because with shadow bombs being in the game i think they're one of the cooler items that the, the scenes kind of rivaled i think rallied for in the, in the past they have constantly talked about shadow bombs being one of the more favorite utility items to be introduced to the game so i think what epic has done is brought that back in a, in a very unique way which is super cool because i didn't anticipate them to i guess reintroduce weapons or, or utility items in that way that's almost exclusively through the augment system so that already kind of changes the dynamic of how like fortnite or how we visualize fortnite playing out in the future with other updates and yeah weapons getting removed but reintroduced via augments it is kind of interesting yeah there's a lot going on too and the more augments they have the less control you really have over deciding what you're going to get which then is going to play a, a bigger piece of you need to decide quickly what's going to happen the other change is to force forecast so instead of being able to see every zone you just see the next three zones so it's not infinite future abilities but at the same time i mean i was talking to panda about this you <laughs> pop this in zone two you got three four five you really don't need anything other than that but we'll see how players start to kind of create the optimized augments because you know just like any other piece in the game there's going to be an augment meta that the top players figure out now the real question is if you guys had the ability you open up your augments you see it right there storm is available to you to, to read out the rest of the zones are you taking it immediately so you can get prime positioning leaning to Affid, or are you going to wait it out 
I see Panda shaking his head already. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm taking a late game. I want to know where the zone's pulling on that first one. How late are you probably popping this thing? Earliest second zone, latest fourth zone, in my opinion. Like SVG said, we literally, as soon as, as, soon as I saw it, I texted him. I was like, dude, this could be big. And then we started talking back and forth about it. And definitely, I think the earliest you should pop forecast is second zone. You pop it in the earlier, you're wasting it. And but even then it, it can be tight because there is some value to have in those that fifth, sixth zone. Because obviously you'll get the fifth zone, but you won't see sixth and you won't see seventh. So you definitely have to weigh that a little bit as you're playing the game. Yeah, I just think zone two is the only place you should be popping it. Other than that, like it's not being optimized because one, you're not guaranteed to make it to moving zones. So if you can at least know where zones three, four, five are, boom, you're chilling. And if you do it too early, you don't get to see fifth zone, which is probably the hardest to rotate in the game if you're on the opposite side of fourth. And at that same point, you're not guaranteed to make it in moving zones. So you don't really need to know where they are. And they're pretty common how they move. And you could almost always figure out what's going on with those moving zones. You play enough. Yeah, now, like, my biggest concern right now is the spectator climb for Fortnite, like, catching up to the changes that are developing in the game as talent members. I think all of us have that same equal interest in like, hey, we want to see what players like have as far as augments go, because we can talk about how it affects the game as much as we'd like, but it's very hard to reach a deep analysis or even a commentary perspective through the lens of, okay, how is this augment really affecting this player's game? And that's going to change things big time, because right now, the way I like to think about it is like the internet era kind of changed the way information is spread across the internet right like like or from person to person a to b it goes lightning fast but we're in a unique position where if you kind of have a meta you have some kind of secret place down in your pocket again and if it especially if it revolves around the augments there's no way to really tell unless that person's streaming their perspective and you can study through their actual stream but you can't go into the replay client and see why players are doing what when they have said augments because it just doesn't exist yet so it is kind of, again, another point of interest to me, just when the client catches up and we can actually see what people are doing, what that kind of analysis looks like, what those reviews and VOD reviews look like in the future, because that is also going to just open up a new content hole, I think, for, um, for a bunch of us is just start exploring, like, okay, look at how this player picks up these things and they play in these ways. Any, any just surface level ideas, thoughts there? Maybe things that you know that I don't? I mean, there's a few ways to, like, kind of indicate which augments are active and who has what augments especially when fifth zone presents itself and you see that there's a ton of people that oh somehow seemingly grouped up in the zone you know they have forecasts right like there there's a few little like tells but i agree you you heard it epic the birthday boy said we need (laughs) augments in replay would love to yeah we do we really do though like, I'm not sitting there guessing what's going on this entire time and then missing out <clears throat> on what has now become a significant part of gameplay. Yeah, no, it's true. Like like you said, the glider redeploy, the, the one that gives you the hop rock feature for, for jumping high, and all these things literally affect the game, I- increasing your stamina, your, your vaulting, and there's just so many, like we know, there's so many augments, and they really have changed the dynamic of Fortnite. We want to see it. 
we really want to see it. So I'll keep, I'll keep again using our little bit of influence we have here to push for more change. We'll see if we get something new coming. But talking about just things that have been changing, this has been a chaotic couple of weeks for late game cups. Late game cups have hit the game running quite literally, and it seems like they stumbled over their tied shoelaces, if you will, falling flat out. We have we have a little bit of a problem here, right? You have players competing players that have committed their livelihoods to being the best type of competitor that they want to be inside Fortnite, putting in that hard work. And then late game, and then the cops either one not scoring accurately, but also just being in a place that the scoring is now affecting or not being, I guess, fixed fast enough that we were getting full events canceled here at SPG. Yeah. And I don't really think this is a surprise. If you've played the late game cups, they've still kind of had the same, pieces that regular creative has typically when you went down to the storm the player that last damaged you wouldn't get the elim you wouldn't get the siphon that's the big one that's kind of prevented scoring and then there's other things i was seeing people drop like 30 bombs and not get any points for elims during the cup uh, so that's a whole different other mode right they're trying to figure out how to make this creative battle royale map style work and it just seems like whatever is going on, there's more difficulty to get that moving than they expected because they've announced these cups pretty much for the past three, four, five months. And I feel like every time they, they happen, we play one and then it gets canceled. Yeah, and it's one of those things because the players like love late game cups. I mean, you literally start in the game at the arguably most exciting part of Fortnite. Mid-end game where you really get to practice rotating and high-level combat while having the pressures of, of course, the moving storm and whatnot. So late game cups being a, a fan favorite, yeah, them being canceled definitely, I think, crushes morale of the, of the scene a bit, especially since we haven't really got to see it come to fruition. Because I'm pretty certain that as, let's just say, this reaches stability, man, we might really have different types of emerging players, like players that just play better in a late game cup setting versus those that can play a full BRL and know how to do their draw spots and, you know, kind of all that stuff. Because I think there's a lot more preparation that goes into, let's just say, full games of BR versus maybe the mechanical goals. Like, we see what Zone Wars has provided to us. There is a clear, exceptional few that are just, like, better than the rest. I wonder if late game is going to kind of meet that happy medium where maybe there's going to be some players that literally can excel in late game settings. Yeah, I would like to see late game changed a little bit if it's going to be, like, a regular competitive mode. Because from all the feedback I saw, your game pretty much relies on the loadout that you're handed. If you get no movement, if you got the charge shotgun red dot, you're kind of screwed. If you don't have the same weaponry that like other people do, because you just have a worse AR and shotgun than everyone else in the game and no movement. I would like to see, you know, maybe some kind of selection, right? You get 20 points, you get to buy your loadout, and then that's your loadout, and you can change that before you queue into games. I would like that, uh, but also, I want to throw something at you guys, right? Kinch tweeted yesterday, no, it was two days ago, a one, Kinch Analytics, Analytics on Twitter, by the way, for anyone listening, a one Elim win is arguably perfect Battle Royale gameplay. Crazy that wouldn't have qualified for EU late game finals if you did that in all 12 games. Now, that do is, you guys... That is interesting. Yeah, do you think, one, is that the perfect Battle Royale gameplay? And two, should the format be fixed to where that could be possible? So, in theory, my answer is yes. 
But I'm gonna give you the floor first, Pam, before I expand. I'm gonna say no. I- I'm gonna say, look. Well, I guess that is, in some ways, makes sense. And obviously, Kench is a very smart person, much smarter than I am when it comes to the behind-the-scenes stats of, of things. I just feel like eliminations provide so much value. And in more recently, we've seen everything turn to placement. So you know what? If the late game cup is, is a little more elim-heavy and you need to focus on elims, go for it. Plus, I'll be honest, it's hard to only get one elimination in late game. That is true. There's a lot going on. So my answer, I think, I think I see where absolutely see where Kinch is coming from. I think he proposes a very interesting concept here. Like battle royale, the goal of the game is to win the game. And how do you win the game? You become the last team surviving. And at what point should you ever really force yourself to have a conflict? It's against the the second to last team that's alive. And that should be your your only Again, theoretically, last perfect and only elimination to then at that point win the game. What he proposes, though, is much more complex than that, though. He says, even if you did that flawlessly, basically flawless execution of the design of a Battle Royale game, the scoring system currently would not reward you enough points to actually, was it win the tournament or was it to qualify? Just qualify for the next round. Even qualify for the next round. Now that to me, to me, says that we have a flaw in the, the point design of the game. Personally, I don't think anyone should be able to win that many games and literally not qualify. They are showing what is probably one of the hardest things to do. Literally get consecutive wins. There are, I'm sure, plenty of professional players. This could be a fun stat for him to go fish up that have never gotten a back-to-back or very select few that have achieved a back-to-back victory. Honestly... Oh. Get good, kids. Get good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, but no, I get it. That actually makes a lot more sense. I couldn't imagine that happening. Like, could you imagine somebody wins every single game, one elim every single game? Then not not qualify. I would be. I think I would be upset if I was in those shoes. I mean, SVG, you haven't quite given your perspective here, but just just that little piece though, that doesn't sound right to me. Does that sit well with you? No, I mean that's why I brought it up. I thought it was an interesting piece. And one, this is because of a lack of any kind of ELO or points-based matchmaking during this tournament. You're pretty much playing with whoever queues up into these things, which is a massive player pool. And as you guys know, the top players are going to be much, much better than the majority of lobbies. So if they're just playing with any random fill, they're running through. They're probably winning the games with like 15 plus elims every time. So winning the game with one just isn't going to work. Reminds me of those unknown army days. Remember when cash cups worked differently? And it was like either, yeah, it was just cash cups in general. Everybody would run through lobbies. Like it'd be less likely to see a team or player go with less than 10 kills a game. There was, there was like, that meta where you started literally 10 minutes late so you get a worse lobby so that you get a bigger first game and then consecutively score bigger and bigger games by allowing you to queue up with worse players. Very, very interesting design system there. Still don't believe we've gotten to a happy medium as far as the player pool that is competing against one another for some of these big prizes. It, it's hard to balance that out, right? Like at what stage does it become, again, fair or like hyper-competitive, if you will. It's kind of what I liked about at least what they introduced with the Divisional Cash Cup layout, right, as you start to really 
push the elite players up to the top, keep challengers and contenders kind of in their own brackets, and sort of work work out a system and a formula to where all right, players of somewhat of the same skill gap are starting to compete against one another, which can start to pretty much lead us into some of our FNCS expectations here, because quite literally tomorrow is going to be the kickoff of major number one, just really setting the stage here. SBG, if you can, I just want to give people just, just a little recap, maybe a little warm up, like the divisional cup system, the roadmap. How did we get to this first major? Who can compete and why? I got you birthday boy. So we're going to go in and talk about the divisional cups. You got contender, you got challenger, you got elite. Only the players that make it to the top division, which is elite, get to play in FNCS. So for the next five weeks, there will be no elite cups. If you're in contender, you're in challenger, you still get to participate in those. No worries. Then we have FNCS qualifiers are the next three weeks. So you're going to play two rounds of qualification to reach a finals style lobby, just like the regular elite cups go. You play day one, day two, combine the points. Then on Saturday or Sunday, you play in a final style lobby to try and qualify to the next round. And this is really interesting. Saturdays, we have NA East for the finals. Sundays, we have EU. There are separate days for the finals. So both EU and NA are not playing on the same days during the qualifiers, which we've never had before. And I think that's awesome to kind of spotlight both regions to get, you know, a little bit more shine during those days. And then you guys probably wondering, okay, what happens after qualifiers? Well, the top 40 teams will go straight to FNCS Major 1 Grand Finals. And we have 41st to 90th are going to play in Surge Week. So that's similar to what we've seen in the past of semifinals. Players that win a game move on. Players that finish in the top, uh, I think it's top five, top six. Yeah, top six also advance from those five games and that's how we fill out the entirety of our lobby so it'll be interesting to see and obviously grand finals you guys know we got grand finals coming up I believe it's the first weekend of march if i remember right. yeah it'll, it'll pretty, much, pretty much be leading right into that first week of march it'll be kicking off and, and that'll be final season so there's there's a long five weeks in front of us a lot of competition uh, but most importantly like sbg said We've kind of already went through what was the more or less seeding system, right? If you want to call it that, this last month and a half, which even then we had some complications around early December with the schedule changing and adjusting, which did affect some of our pro players not being able to partake in some of those competitions due to vacation timing and things like that. But here we are, we fast forward to now, and there have been some complications with some players. I think most notably... I want to. I really wanted to hone in on the NA East players that were coming out of the FNCS Invitational in particular as our best performing players from their most recent LAN. And that's where I just stumbled across Larson and his post. Tomorrow is the major, and he actually doesn't have a locked-in teammate. And up until now, we've seen Larson and Smite compete almost collectively together throughout the last year, maybe two, as duo mates. So very interesting to see them not necessarily choosing to compete with one another right now after their great top 10 performance at the FNCS Invitational. And then, of course, just a couple weeks back, I think we covered Scented's departure from Fortnite Competitive, which, of course, is a huge blow because, again, at the time of when we spoke about him leaving the game, right, and I'm going to use air quotes here because there's a whole lot of speculation going around, 
he was the best of his skill ability as as far as like highest level caliber player we've seen walked away from the game who was like quite literally at their peak. Yeah. yeah. All right. So two things there. One, Larson still does not have a duo, which is kind of crazy considering what you just typed him up. But wow. I mean, him and Smite never got along and Larson's a little wildin' on Twitter. So I kind of <laughs> can only imagine what it's like in those calls. I mean, we get to listen to what goes on in like any Amzo and Rise call and geez. Okay. I could not be his duo. We'll put it nicely. Uh, the other thing, Senta didn't quit. He walked away, changed his name, playing with Duke. So that, that's really all that happened. Maybe he thought about quitting and couldn't stop himself. But between those two, I, I foresee Larson finding a duo. I don't see him doing well. Senta, he's playing with Dukes. Those two have been crushing it as well. The other duo I want to bring up for NA East is going to be Acorn and Cold. Cold, in my opinion, has ascended to probably the best player in the region at the moment. And I don't say that lightly. And Acorn has kind of been in that conversation for many years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However long you, you want to say, but at least a year. And those two have just been balling out. They're absolute dogs and dominating. And Acorn, Acorn is super interesting to me just as a person. You know, I've gotten to meet him, having to have conversations with him, sit downs with him, and really just, again, speak to him as almost like what kind of drives him. He literally has a winner's mentality as well. He's one of those just super humble, low-stress, low-overhead type people who just they put in the work, they enjoy the game, they enjoy the process. And um, anytime he's had an opportunity to partake in tournaments that we've hosted at Practice Server or other events that we've you know, seen him be a part of, He's one of those professionals that really shows up, shows up on time, does his commitments, will you know, stream if he has to. There's no excuses with Acorn. And man, that hard work is, is really coming through right now when some of the top are maybe not putting in as much of the effort right, as they, as they once were, or maybe the passion is starting to fizzle away and people step away from the game. It's just becoming more and more clear that there's going to be this, I think this next year is going to be the era of those who've really stuck it out, their chance might be coming up right now. I looked at the most recent... Uh, I think it was a late game solo cup or solos tournament that just happened in game. Chimp was up there amongst some of the few that performed very well. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Scoring has been a bit skewed and things have been a little crazy. So we don't know how accurate some of these standings are right now. But I say this to say that I think there's that turning evolution of players that have really been sticking it out. They're going to become our new tier ones that we look to week to week, especially this FNCS and some of the old guard that have really stood around will ascend to that SSS tier, like best of the best. Maybe they will become the new top threes and champions that we see recurring here. You know what's funny? I saw this stat somewhere, and it kind of feeds into your point, right? Like teams that stay together do well. But on NA East, we've seen some of the most turnover, if not the most turnover in teams. Like as far as like teams that have changed, right? These are some of the former teams that now have different teams. We talked about Acorn and, and Cold now, but that used to be Acorn, Edgy, Cold, Scented, right? There's Deejan and Muzz, another new team, but Deejan, Pledge, Muzz, and Playify were the four players that used to play like separately. So, so many teams, all these big names switching over, but it's all about the people that build the chemistry, play together consistently, and once you have that 
I want to say it's that thing, right? You, you know, just that thing that makes you special. You have that chemistry. You, you play well together. You know how to fight together. That's when we're going to see these teams kind of transcend what we've seen in the past. And I, that's why I'm kind of excited. I know the community wanted to switch up in game mode, but I'm excited to see duos back for another year. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people I would have liked trios, but won't complain as long as we don't get solos. For this season, I think the two that stand out that have stuck together are Agers, Kanata, Threats, and Mackwood. And I, and Threats and Mackwood haven't necessarily been always playing together, but they're like a regular duo. Agers, Kanata have been pretty consistent. Going to shout out a couple other other teams that I think are going to do well. We got Yamzo and Rise lightly mentioned them earlier about the the character the craziness that is that duo but they are very good at this video game then we also have nix and nick the french canadians they are also doing a similar boot camp style to what is going on with jamper and paper so i want to shout that them out don't know i haven't seen content be put out from them would love to see that and then the last one i want to mention is trashy and pump this is I feel like Pump's been on like the precipice of getting to that top tier for almost a year now. And like OE seems to get like right on the edge and hasn't really been able to make that ne- next step outside of being really good at solos. The team modes is where I want to see him step it up this year. And I've seen him and Trashy play un- unbelievably well and consistent. Well, we've seen what happens when like a real you know, veteran takes on, you know, the newer player or someone who just kind of needs a little bit of that additional guidance, maybe that insight. Most notably, of course, with Sensitive and Cold's recent pairing. But now I'm looking to Peterbot and Quanti. I think this is a very interesting, fun duo right here. Quanti's a great player. He's had a lot of success in different settings before. But Peterbot is extremely decorated. And if this tweet as of, again, just January 26th, or just five days ago, duo FNCS, Slappy Shores, all events at its Quanti's, that's also Booga's drop spot, right? And, Quant- uh, and Peterbot and Booga were kind of testing some of the third-party tournaments with one another. So, the, you know, there's a little bit of interesting rivalry potentially going on, maybe some contestation, which we haven't seen Booga quite contested head-to-head at the start of a, a full season as by a team that really is willing to commit to a contest kind of out the gate. So I want to see if Quanti can also kind of be in that pump seat where he can elevate, like just break past maybe those boundaries that maybe has been holding him back. It could be the difference. Maybe you pair him up with just a crazy player and he finds the confidence that he needs to start excelling in competitive. I'm going to say that's a troll. I think Booga so? and Peterbot still playing together. Yeah. Unless they're pulling some some ish. Well, there's, there has, you know, Booga is one of the kings of the snakenings that we've seen constantly happening. Last minute duo shakeups and literally causing the domino and cascading effect of teams breaking apart and scrambling in the final moment. We have seen that so many times. Oh, I, I agree. Miro tweeted out that he's playing with Booga after playing with Edgy all season. But then Miro and Edgy played together. Peterbot and Booga played together when it actually mattered. So as much as I like to tweet things, it's probably just for Twitter impressions. What, what would you think about the dynamic if it was Peterbot and Booga? Um, I haven't That's seen them succeed duo. to where... On paper, yes. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it be as good as I can theorize the duo being. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think, look, when when you look at how they performed, in the beginning of the chapter, they did a third-party event where they came, like, top five, top ten, right? Like, it was it was looking good for them. And then we just haven't seen too much breakout from them. There's more consistent teams across the board, teams that look way more promising and have way more potential. 
So I'm going to be honest, this is going to be the first season that I'm not really like paying close attention to what Booga and Peterbot are doing because realistically, I just don't think that's a team dynamic that's going to be successful season over season. Now, we have been talking a lot about any East here, but I want to start jumping into some other stuff here. One more, one more, one more. I will never doubt Booga in a final style lobby ever again. Ever again. I did it all <laughs> last year, and I don't care if he's playing with dirt. He will be able to play well, and I'm not calling Peterbot dirt because he is one of the best players Dang, on the region. Peterbot. I don't care who he's playing with or how it looks going into FNCS. Booga has to be one of the favorites to win it all. By the end of the season, SBG's new line is going to be, I would never call Peterbot dirt. He is just so good at what he's done. That's <laughs> do not first... call him dirt. No, but seriously, I really want to jump into this one. This is just going to be a fun spinoff topic before we close out. Uh, one of the leakers that does Fortnite content, I forgot who exactly it was, but recently they just put out in the files there have been red NA Central servers coming to the game. I know we just did a lot of whole conversation about NA East in particular. Do we, are we, will we be super stoked if NA Central is a real thing and drops like Major 2? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how they would do it. You know what I mean? Like, So at first, remember, we had this conversation where we thought a Central server was coming before, right? And we saw that they were only allowing a certain amount of East and West players in versus other regions. But then nothing came of that, right? It still stayed the same. It was just a different number for whatever for whatever reason, right? But now that we see Central, maybe this is them prepping us to be ready for that next major, like you're saying. I don't know. But regardless, I don't think it's going to be an extra region. Could you imagine we had NA East, NA Central, and NA West competing all that, at the same that's time? That's my point. I think we're going to have them all competing against one another. Yeah. I genuinely do believe we're going to... I think this is going to happen. I think East and West are going to get scrapped. We're just going to have a singular server that's going to put everyone together to go head-to-head in competition. And that that could be such a revolutionary point for like Fortnite competitive in general because now we really open up the region so that we have a, a large sample size of who is the best in, in this, this hemisphere, right? <laughs> Essentially here from Canada and America, all competing in, in the same spots. But that could also, like we said just destroy Canadian players, like, you know, participation, who knows what their servers or their connection rates like to, to what could be, I don't know, Texas servers, something like that. That's kind of where all the other games host their stuff out of. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how that would work. Just kind of thinking through everything. Most people live on the two coasts where 90%, 80% of the population lives on like the East coast. And, you know, you got the other 20 or 19% on the West coast why throw a central server in there? Like, it just doesn't make sense population-wise. And those numbers are definitely not accurate, so ignore <laughs> that. But I, I don't see how it works. Also, in the announcements, they're like, oh, you know, we're doing X amount per NA East, X amount per West. And it did look like that, right? There was a few things that were weird in the blog posts earlier this season about only 100 from East, 100 from West. And it looked like, at one point, they were going to come together, but now at this point, I'm kind of doubting that that's going to happen because I, I just don't understand how that would be a f- possible thing for all the players. I just, the way I see it is like, to your point, like, what if EU is EU East, EU West? You would, you would, you could see how Europe just works right now. Like, yeah, you have some people on zero ping, you have others on 40, but it, it just, 
it just works. If you're great, you're great. In any East, any West, the way I see it, I think it could be the same thing. You just, just merge it all, regardless of where the servers are. It's very clear that Fortnite in particular influenced how Virginia as a state is housed by Fortnite players. Like they literally moved to get the biggest competitive advantage. So I don't see it being any different as long as the players know where they can go to have access to the best competitive advantage. I mean, I think the entire landscape will just shift. And in my opinion, if we did get a singular, any central server, I can see promotional efforts ramping up in the areas like Texas and whatever other central locations Fortnite would be housed in. Because I feel like at some point or another, we had kind of an increased focus of promo when the game was doing hot in certain areas when they wanted it to. So I think it just comes down to advertising, dude, in my opinion. I think it can work anywhere. For me, though, it's less about the competitors. I think you can force players to play on whatever server you want, but the majority of the population is just not in the middle of the country. Like, that's just not where people are. And if all of a sudden everyone's playing on 40-plus ping, what if what you if all the data are. what if all the data is just like yo Texas has been the hottest spot this whole time? We don't we Maybe, don't know. But you mentioned Europe was but Europe's population density is different. Like it's more evenly distributed throughout the land versus again, most people live on the two coasts. So unless they have some way to the only way I can envision it is outside of FNCS, you, you still play on the east, west, and central servers based on like where you're playing. If you're just hopping in a game of pubs, you're playing on, for me, it'd be east, for you, it'd be central, or if you go out to California, it'd be west, and that's how they do it. I just, it'd be weird to, you know, have a huge fluctuation in what lobby am I in now, and what's my ping, because we already know, like, players are so uppity about having low ping. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I definitely will have to see the ping numbers before I make any kind of judgment on how it's going to be impactful or not. Because, like, realistically, let's say you're in Virginia, right? Like like you mentioned, most of the pros already are. And then the central server gets announced, and they're on 50, 60 ping. Like, that's a problem, right? Yeah. So then they got to move. They got to do something, right, if they want to keep uh, maintaining the, the high placements and, and having those advantages that ping brings to you. Now, let's say they bring in central servers, and it's 30, 40 ping. Okay, you know what? It sucks. It's not a zero ping or even close to, but it's not move halfway across the U.S. get a competitive advantage worthy, if that makes sense, in my eyes at least. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm with you guys. I see your concerns, but I don't care. I want the chaos. I want some central servers. Also, I live in Texas, so (laughs) little bias. But I think I think the game is going to revolutionize when we see a world where East and West are no longer, you know, viewed as separate regions, and we start getting to land, and it's just viewed as one collective region of the best of the best. We'll have just new place, new folks that are good start to be recognized, and and more of that recognition. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Before we do start rounding out of here, though, of course, like we said, we have the FNCS Major kicking off this weekend. Most interesting thing to look forward to, of course, the big changes with augments and some of the other adjustments to the perks that have been added to the game. And then now the newest announcement is a 100,000 invitational event by Tifu. This actually just broke today, which is a big deal. We need more third-party events. We love to see the scene have something to look forward to and also just more, more events, right? It's been a pretty slow start to 2023 but i think every year starts off a little slow before we start to ramp up and see 
where's these marketing dollars going towards who's putting uh who's putting up the events and and what can we start to you know start to see outside of the fncs offerings and already now a one hundred thousand dollar event yeah i like that that's a big boy event right there yeah i mean look we have so many like events going on now i feel like obviously the bigger third-party events are good right things like the tfue event are great we have literally i feel like i turn around on twitter and it's diluted by the fact that there is 10 other events going on 12 other events going on a week and obviously some of them aren't even near the tfue caliber of this hundred thousand dollar event but some of them are crazy so i'm definitely excited but i feel like the days of us being super pumped for events like this are kind of dwindling because it's so saturated nowadays. I'm wondering if this, because I've seen some people like saying that this is an in-person like LAN event, but at the same time, I have no actual information that says that. Maybe he said it on stream or something along those lines, but that would be sick. You know, basically Tfue putting together his own pro-am for zero builds 100 grand getting the biggest people together and as we all know 100 grand plus figuring out all the pcs is by no means a small feat so we'll see exactly how that plays out i mean it's cool to see just generally tfue back in fortnite gaming and now throwing in a huge tournament i'm i'm excited yeah, yeah i was gonna say i do see that some people are saying it is a land but i'm curious because again nowhere in the promotion does it say that it is? And it's happening the seventh. Yeah, it's a it, week. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to say there's a land happening in one week from now. And I say that because like super short notice, it says twenty five teams. So maybe it is a land. That that would make more sense too, right? If you have a more constricted budget, you're like, hey, we could get twenty five teams out into like a smaller venue. Like all of that does start to make sense because Otherwise, like, yeah, why why limit the amount of teams if it's just going to be an online event? Unless it's a trios tournament, which even then, you're still leaving a lot of room for error there as far as uh, teams participating. Oh, it says squads. Never mind. I'm tripping. Squads, 25 <laughs> teams. That's 100 players. I'm wilding out. Yeah, no, I don't. <sighh> would this be a land? $100,000 zero build land? Be, they'd all have that's, to be invited already. Yeah, have to be under wraps. Like, I'm sure yeah, one of us would have probably Next week is, is probably yeah. the streamer bowl with... It's literally streamer, uh, whatchamacallit, Super Bowl weekend. So we yeah. know we have Streamer Bowl yeah. every year, right? Like, I don't know. It Maybe. will be, I think, in pot, like logistically, very difficult if they are putting on a, a 100 person land. I, I don't see it. I think it'd be so sick if it is. I'm not against it's out it. In Phoenix. Hey, you I'm not against doing it. it where the Streamer Bowl is using oh, that same setup. See, now that's smart. Up, you know, kind of working together a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I'm saying? That'd be cool. Well, One little side note, another breaking news for today. We don't have to fully go into it, but the first first-person Fortnite map of Rust has been created and tested in first-person mode. Now, this is not something that's open to anybody to use in the game, but somebody did it, and it, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it looks kind of sick. Wait, so is that in Rust, or is that in Fortnite? No, no, it's like in Fortnite, Rust. but it's the Rust map. Okay. Oh, so the Call of Duty Rust map. Yeah, yeah my also apology. a game called Rust. That's you know. my bad. Uh, this has been a rumor for a long time. So the fact that like it's now here. It's wait, wait, is this deal. playable in Fortnite? No, 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 no. not oh, publicly okay. playable. They probably they probably built this like on Unreal Engine. That's why. They, see, the thing about no. Unreal Engine Five is insane. Do you so think it, this is in the game? So what happened is in this latest update, the 
the first person strings were like in there, right? Got you. So somebody took them and used them with an existing creative map to, to test out how it would feel and look. So that's what we're seeing right now. I'm not gonna lie, it looks a little stiff, but it's so sexy and Fortnite characters do it. I oh. wish I wish we could show you this. Guys, go ahead and, and search this up. The person that tweeted it is at Modern Warzone. It's a very fun name they're using there. And it says, here's what first-person Fortnite looks like on Rust and Shipment. Yeah, the, so on Rust and Shipment, yeah. The, so the two maps that would have been Call of Duty game maps with a Fortnite first-person perspective. This is not the first time I've seen this, like first-person stuff being toyed around with. I did see some other videos. I thought it was being built off-engine, like, or sorry, off-creative inside of the real actual Unreal Engine. But it makes more sense if they added the strings as to why folks are able to kind of tinker with it. Fortnite Creative is literally the future of Fortnite. We, we, we've been seeing it for many, many, many years, but we're only getting closer and closer to seeing those products come to life. Um, anyways, with that, we've done a lot of talking of Fortnite this week. I think I'm super curious, man. If now, now I, you guys got me thinking, is Tifu hosting a land? What? Question mark. I didn't even think that was going to be a, a possibility, but that could be very, very, very cool to watch play out. So I, I hope it's happening now. With that being said, don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you like, dislike, and maybe want to see. But for the boys here, before we start tuning out, let me give them the mic so y'all can know where to tune in with them. Panda, we'll start with you. You already know Life W Panda on Twitter. That's it. Just go follow me. SPG. Uh, somebody's gun on YouTube putting out a uh, Fortnite is. Doc documentary coming it'll be the first of many so oh, to see sick. how that comes sick. out let's go the first few minutes it's amazing leveling up the content here anticipating tens of tens of tens of thousands of views for sure let's get it man we'll, we'll show some level okay svg wants millions that's what i'm talking about aim big we will be checking all that out in the coming weeks here don't forget to of course tune in with us at the fortnite podcast set on twitter as well we post all of our episodes up there so you can keep up to date with the upload frequency. Um, but yeah, until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.